Hey, and welcome back to One More Thing, a podcast where we go beyond the weekend and highlight one more thing to help you walk out your faith in the middle of the work week. And today we're going to talk about doubt. You know, what's interesting about the Christmas story is that one of the first characters we meet in the story is one that often goes overlooked in our plays and in our nativity scenes. It's not Mary or Joseph or even a shepherd or a wise man. It's an old priest by the name of Zechariah. Luke chapter 1 chronicles the story. We looked at it this weekend at Northeast. Zechariah is a prophet. He comes upon his time to enter the temple and his time to offer up the incense uh, before the Lord in the Holy of Holies. And it's during that time that there's an angel that appears at the right side of the altar and startles Zechariah with this message that they are going to have a child. This child will be filled with the Holy Spirit from the moment of birth, and this child will be the one that will be the predecessor to the Messiah. He'll be the one to come in and lead the way, lead the people back to God. Zechariah, of course, doesn't believe this because he's well advanced in years, both he and his wife, Elizabeth, and so he has this moment of doubt. He questions, how can this be? And the angel then says, hey, I'm a messenger of the Lord, and because you've not believed, you will be mute until the time that the child comes and is born. And when he's born, you will name him John. The the irony in the story is that this priest, a man who arguably is supposed to be the closest to God, one of the most faithful of God's people, and consequently one of the most trusting of God, this priest doubts. It says in Luke 1, 20, you'll be silent and unable to speak until the day that these things take place because you did not believe my words. Zechariah did not believe the words of God. And this is a guy who's, whose whole job is to lead people to God. The problem for Zechariah, though, is he had more faith in what he could see than what he could not. He had more faith in what he could see, the fact that he was old, the fact that Elizabeth was old, the fact that from a logistical, physiological standpoint, none of this made sense and it seemed impossible. He had faith in what he could see. Often then, our view of him being made mute, at least for myself, I grew up believing that, man, he was made mute as a consequence, a punishment. But but what if we viewed that differently? What if Zechariah wasn't made mute as a punishment for his doubt, as a consequence for his doubt? But what if really what God was doing in this moment was not punishing for his, him for his doubt, but rather giving him a sign, proving that God could be trusted? See, here's the thing. How would Zechariah know that what the angel said was really true, that Elizabeth would have a baby? It would be months and months and months before there was any visible sign of the pregnancy. This is an aged woman, according to the scriptures at least, uh, someone who's past their childbearing years, which means that physiologically she's probably already gone through menopause. So the normal cues for a pregnancy that, that most couples and most women in particular look for, they're not really helpful in this case. Elizabeth's body has long since changed. It's long since gone into hibernation, if you will right? So how would she know? How would they know that she was pregnant? Only by a baby bump. And it would be months and months and months before that bump would ever be visible. So God gives Zachariah a sign. Yes, he doubted. And yes, that's a problem in the story. But God wasn't being punitive, I don't think. I think what God was doing was proving something to Zachariah. 
He was proving that he could be trusted, and he proved it with a sign, and the sign that was immediately visible, that he wouldn't have to wait months and months and months to see. The sign was that he wouldn't be able to speak. Zachariah would become mute. What I so often grew up hearing and viewing in this story is that he was made mute as a punishment for not having faith, for doubting. But I think it's far less about a divine reprimand, and I think it's so much more about God proving himself faithful. The the word doubt here in this passage, and and as we see in the Gospels, uh, often and literally means to be divided. So it's moments when we get wishy-washy, right? We're divided between uh, what we have always believed about God and now what we're seeing with our eyes, right? God's word says he's faithful, but our circumstances make it seem as though everything is going to implode. God's word says he's going to work all things for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purpose, but this job loss or this loss of a marriage, it doesn't look or feel good at all. And so we ask these questions of God, God, how can this be good for my kids? How can this be good for those who don't believe in you, who are watching my life? And then we, we kind of argue with God, or at least we barter with him a little bit. Like, God, wouldn't it make more sense if you were to keep my marriage together? Wouldn't it make more sense if you were to bless my career? Because then people would see your hand on my life, right? And then they would know that you are real. But here's the lesson from Zechariah that we have to take away from the story. You can either focus on what you can see, or you can focus on the one who controls the unseen. You can either focus on what you can see, or you can focus on the one who controls the unseen. And the problem with Zechariah is that he was focused only on what he could see and understand. He was focused on the fact that they were old, and this seemed like a physiological improbability, if not an impossibility. And see, the lesson then for us is that we have a choice as to what we focus on. We can either focus on what we can see, or we can focus on the one who controls the unseen. If to doubt is literally to be divided, it means then that we cannot do both. We can't focus on what we see and also completely trust the God of the unseen. Because the reality is in our lives, there is so much in the seen world that doesn't make sense. And it forces us to trust that there is, in fact, a God working and moving in unseen ways. We cannot fix our eyes on circumstances while at the same time fixing our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. At least we can't do that perfectly, right? We can't do that without some kind of wavering and conflict and inner turmoil. It's the same reality really for our our bodies. In real life, physiologically speaking, we cannot look at two things at once. Sure, we can see out of a peripheral vision that we have, But if you've ever noticed, when you are trying to to focus on one thing and yet watch something out of the periphery, the reality is your brain is going to let go of one thing in favor of another. Your brain, though you may be focused looking one direction, but thinking about something in your peripheral vision, the reality is your brain is going to divert all of your attention to the periphery as opposed to what's in front of you. Because the reality is we're, we're simple creatures. We can really only focus on one thing well. So when it comes to trusting God and trusting in his promises, what we learn from Zechariah is simple. You can either focus on what you can see or 
you focus on the one who controls the unseen. Zachariah could only see his age. He could only see his wife's age. And he could only see all the physiological complications that would make this so unlikely, if not impossible. But God is the God of the unseen. God's not limited by physiology. He's not limited by time. He's not limited by circumstances. He's not limited by a bad job market or by a teenager with attitude or by a a spouse that's stubborn. He's not limited by the diagnosis from your doctor or by what your retirement uh, statement says. God is a God of the improbable and the impossible and everything in between. So what is it that you're doubting in this season? What are you struggling to trust? Because what you see is so foreboding and and so overwhelming. And can you today lay that down right now before the cross? Can you right now in the midst of this season, driving past Christmas lights, walking past your Christmas tree in the living room, can you seize this season as a reminder that God is not limited by the things that we see and comprehend? God is a God who gave an old lady a child whose name was John the Baptist. God is a God who brought forth his son through a virgin womb. He's a God who defeated death when he pulled his son from the grave on the third day. He's a God who parts waters. He's a God who makes manna fall from heaven. He's a God who splits a rock to satisfy the thirst of his people in the middle of a desert wilderness. And so he is a God who most certainly can provide for you too. Don't get caught up this week focusing only on what you can see. Fix your eyes instead on the only one who controls all that is unseen. So take a moment to think back on all the times that God has shown up and provided and delivered and moved on your behalf. And then turn to him and confess anew your faith and your trust that he is able to get you through whatever it is you're facing right now. And ask him for the strength through his spirit to lay your burdens and your doubts down. And then let us take up these words from Scripture. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and the perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. And let us consider him who endured such opposition from sinful men, so that we will not grow weary and lose heart. Thanks for listening to One More Thing. If you have questions or comments, please reach out to us at nebc.ch contact. To hear our weekly messages, be sure to subscribe to the Northeast Bible Podcast on Spotify, Google, or Apple Podcasts. Be sure to stay connected with us throughout the week by downloading our app or following us on social media at Northeast Bible. Thanks again, and we hope that you join us as we continue to make disciples on mission for Jesus Christ. 